0: Alright everybody, welcome back to the Mavs Outsider Podcast here on Sunday, the 31st of January. I wanted to do a post-game pod for the games of Friday night and Saturday night that the Mavericks played, um, which were both losses. Um, The Friday night game was an awful loss the Saturday night game was not as bad. Uh, It looked like there was a little more effort, but I think because Phoenix isn't as good as Utah, that's why the score looked a little better. But as we look at this Mavs team on a five-game losing streak now and heading on to play Phoenix again, in which they haven't won a game in the last i guess four or five meetings i don't even know how many it is phoenix has won a lot of them in a row and mavs seem to have a problem with phoenix every time they play them for whatever reason but this team is not good right now i i don't know what the answer is um I mean, I have a few suggestions or a few ideas that obviously would change that, what I think might help this team. Now, for one, KP's got to play. KP did not play Saturday night. He did play Friday night. So there was really no excuse for the blowout. I understand if you lose a game to a better team. But to get blown out twice in a row, to me, is inexcusable. That just means you're not a good basketball team. And KP has really been struggling. Porzingis has just, he's not, what's funny is he was a better player last year than he is this year. And you would think as a young player continues to develop, he would get better. But for whatever reason, he has really regressed. Now, I don't know if it's lingering of his, meniscus tear that he had after last season. I I don't know the answer to that. Now, I do know that the beginning of the year for Porzingis last year was a very slow start. And I do remember it was... uh, I mean, it was uh, a lot of games because it was up until Luka got hurt. Once Luka got hurt and Powell... Got hurt as well. I remember Porzingis's numbers really increased, um, and I don't know if it had anything to do with obviously Luca being out and somebody had to score, and then Powell going out and all of a sudden Porzingis is playing the center position. I, I don't know what attributed to you know him playing better, but fact of the matter is, is the beginning of the year last year he was terrible. And, you know, it was obviously the narrative was, well, he hasn't played basketball in a year and a half. So, you know, he's got to get his legs under him. And so I guess maybe some people are still using, you know, because there's a lot of Mavs riders that are optimists. And I get it. They, they work for the team and they don't want to be the guy that just works for the team and bashes them at the same time and then sees them, on, you know, sees them in the locker room or whatever, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, he's not playing good, and that's just how it is, and maybe maybe he still is trying to come back from that surgery. Maybe he is, still is trying to get his legs from him, or I don't know, but the fact is, he's not playing good, and he's got to play also. You know, he obviously didn't play last night, so, and my guess is, Maxi is more important of a player than we could ever think about. Like, Maxi might be the second or third best player on this team, Whether, however you feel about Porzingis. Now, Porzingis is supposed to be the second, but some people may not believe that, which is fine. It's fair. But Maxi must be a top three player on this team because... And obviously, I think he is the best defender, and his ability... So far, especially this year, and I hate that he got the COVID because his shooting was incredible prior to him being out. But maybe he is more important. Maybe his defense is the key. Maybe his defense is what helps the other players on the court. I don't know. But one thing I do know is I still continue to hate the starting lineup that they put out there. It is way too small. And I get annoyed when we talk about rebounding and every game the Mavs get out-rebounded. Well, I'm sorry, you play small lineups. You're going to get out-rebounded. That's just a fact. Yes, it is a hustle stat. I get it. But at the end of the day, when your biggest player on the court is Luka, then you're not going to get a lot of rebounds. And... You know, Luca does his best. He had eight last night. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein had nine. He actually played really well. He only missed one shot. Um, he had four blocks. I mean, that was one of his better games. But, I, after Willie Cauley-Stein, you know, Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Josh Richardson, that's just, it's too small of a lineup. you You can't go that small, and I'm gonna to continue to say that. I don't think it's a coincidence that when they finally benched Powell, they benched Powell and then put Tim Hardaway Jr. on the bench, and they started Maxey and Willie Cauley-Stein. I don't think it's a coincidence they went on a three-game winning streak because that lineup is too small. It, it is, and I'm gonna to continue to say it, and it's very frustrating to watch it out there. Because Dorian Finney-Smith, at the end of the day, he's the other big out there. And so he's got to guard the big down low when when Willie Colley-Stein's going to defend the rim. And there were several times last night where Dorian Finney-Smith was stuck on Aiton. And Aiton just, he's bigger. He's just bigger. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's very frustrating to watch. Um, so, I, I just don't know why... I, I, you know, Rick Carlisle has said in the past that he has to see something multiple times for a longer period of time before he changes it. And, and I, I've said this once already, and I'm going to say it again. I mean, are you waiting for a 6 game losing streak to shut down that lineup? I mean, is it that is that what you're waiting on cuz that's what you're going to get. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr has to be coming off the bench because you you need his scoring. Because Trey Burke is Trey Burke's what they call a 10%er. He's only going to show up 10% of games. And what 10% you don't know. He scored 4 points yesterday. That's just not gonna get it done. He was 0 for one at three. That That's a position that really needs upgrading. And in all honesty, I would love to see Josh Green in that spot. And I, I don't know why all of a sudden he's been thrown to the bench and not given any opportunity because he was, he did hustle, he would get offensive rebounds. Now, yes, it was only two or three, but you know what? That's two or three offensive rebounds you didn't get. And I, I just think, you know, obviously Burke is a better shooter than Josh Green. But I like the fact that Josh Green can get to the basket. Trey Burke can't get to the basket. He's too little. And at, at the end of the day, he's, he's just not contributing like he needs to. And, you know, Trey Burke in the bubble was great. But there's a reason Trey Burke is a fringe NBA player. There's a reason that he was available. And you're seeing it right now. And it's very frustrating to, you know, have him out there. And you need that player to score because you've got all your best scores starting. And since your best scores are all small, you still end up falling behind in the first quarter. And it's it's just not working. You've you've gotta change it. You know, James Johnson had a decent game. He had six points, you know, he didn't take any threes, which some people can say is good because he didn't miss any. I had two turnovers, but you know, so be it. He had three rebounds. You know, he only had eighteen minutes. I think he need he needs more minutes. And I just I don't know how much longer. I'm hoping, supposedly, Monday night, Maxi will be back, and I hope he's in the starting lineup. I hope that is a change that's made. And if not, you're going to see the Mavs fall down early. They're going to fall behind early because they just can't rebound. I mean, they had 38 rebounds last night. You know, Phoenix had 42. I get it, that's only four. But those nine offensive rebounds that Fingers got really hurt, and it's difficult to beat a team that continues to pound you on the boards, and it's just it's not gonna work. Um, I I know there's a lot of people who want Bradley Beal on this team and. Of course, we would all love Bradley Bill on this team. But there's you're not getting Bradley Bill. It's the same pipe dream that front office had for signing Giannis. Like, we're in this whole predicament because we saved money to sign Giannis. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the two teams that stood pat this offseason instead of trying to improve, Miami Heat and the Dallas Mavericks. Those were the two teams that put their money in the bank, kept it in their pockets, because both these teams wanted Giannis. You know, Philadelphia, they changed their roster. They're better. Brooklyn, obviously, they're different. Milwaukee traded for Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday would fit on this team. You know, I don't know if we had what New Orleans wanted for Drew, but guess what? You know, somebody, you know... Did we even try? You know, Indiana made a trade after the fact, but in Indiana's, you know, I don't know. But Boston, you know, they brought in Tristan Thompson. Atlanta brought in a ton of free agents. Cleveland even improved just because their players are getting more more minutes. The Charlotte Hornets are sitting in eighth in the East right now. They improved their team, you know. Everybody improved their team. The Jazz, they brought back Derek Favors. The Clippers brought in Serge Ibaka. The Lakers brought in players. The Lakers won the title last year, and they still went out and spent money. The Nuggets were one team that let guys go, and they were hoping for a improvement from Michael Porter Jr. Now, he has been out. He was out a long time, and the Nuggets have won. They did have a really slow start, but... You know, Memphis is. I don't know how Memphis is winning, to be honest with you. You know, Phoenix brought in Chris Paul. Portland brought in a few guys, Derek Jones and um, I can't remember uh, that. Robert Covington. You know, Golden State brought in Oubre. Even Golden State, who has no money, paid tons of money for Oubre. Oubre's contract may only be something like $18 million a year or something but it's costing Golden State like 40 just because of the tax that they have to pay because of it and they were willing to do it to improve their team you know but the Dallas Mavericks just they you know I like what they did defensively they did bring in good defensive players but they did that at the expense of the offense and i i guess the thought was is you have Luka and you have Porzingis, so your offense will be fine. But as we're seeing, their offense isn't fine. Their offense isn't that good. You know, their defense is okay. You know, they, they Phoenix scored 111. That's not a lot in today's NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's, but Dallas only scored 105. You know, after Luka's 29, Tim Hardaway had 19. Now he had an okay three point he took through ten threes and only made three of them. You know, after that, Willie Collie Stein had fourteen. But after Willie Collie Stein fourteen, you just got a bunch of nine guy, nine DFS, nine Richardson, eight Powell, seven Brunson, six Johnson, four. Br- I mean that's not going to get it done. You've got to improve your team. Um now back to the Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill isn't coming. I'm telling you guys that right now, there are better offers out there for Bradley Beal, and I just—it's not going to happen. Dallas does not have it. They don't want. Washington doesn't want castaways for Bradley Beal, and Dallas doesn't have a draft pick to trade till 2025, which is another upsetting thing is the fact that New York gets our draft pick this year. It could be a lottery pick. There's a really good chance our draft pick's going to be a lottery pick. And that that's just that's just crazy to me. But another guy out there that is it's a pipe dream and I keep seeing it and I don't know why people keep asking. I guess it's the 2K generation that just throws guys on teams. But Zach Levine, he's not coming. We are not getting Zach Levine. Bulls are not trading him. The Bulls are actually a decent basketball team. If the Bulls are trading anybody, it's going to be Lowry Marketing. Now, I'll take Lowry Marketing. Lowry Marketing will actually be available. He'll be a restricted free agent, but I'll bet you Marketing's available. I don't know what you gotta give up to get him. And I honestly don't know if I really want him because he's injured more often than Porcinius. But Markkanen's having a really good year. And he killed Dallas last time they played. And he's probably available. Zach Levine is not available. Bradley Beal is not available. Those two guys aren't coming. That's just how it is. Um, Some people have mentioned some other guys, um, some veteran players that might be, you know, when I hear P.J. Tucker, I don't get too excited, but he is a good player. There is a small chance that he's available. I don't know. Same thing with Eric Gordon. I don't know what Houston's plan is, and so that's kind of the unknown. Eric Gordon would be a huge contributor to this team. Because he can really shoot the ball. Um, like I said, I, d- I don't know if he's available or not. I don't know if the Houston ownership would work with Cuban. They just do not like each other. Um, I, in the past, I've mentioned Aaron Gordon. I don't know if Aaron Gordon's available. I think I think he's more available. Than like for me, Bradley Bill and Zach Levine are a zero percent. They're not available. And if they are available, we just don't have the pieces. Guys like PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, somebody even mentioned Kyle Lowry. I would not be surprised if Kyle Lowry became available. Those guys, I, I could put it 20 to 30% chance they get traded. And I think I I'm at the same place with Aaron Gordon and uh Evan Fournier. You know, Fournier, is, I think, comes off the bench. Now, I don't know if that's changed since they've had all the injuries. But Aaron Gordon, I think, has kind of mailed it in, which isn't a good sign, obviously. But at some point, Orlando's got to do something. Now, they do have a good young nucleus, but Isaac is always hurt. And Fultz just got hurt after a really good start. I, I don't know. I don't know if Gordon's available. I don't know if Dallas even is interested in anyone. I think they just want to keep their money in their pocket. I I don't know who they're targeting in this offseason because, you know, the only guys available are going to be like Blake Griffin and Victor Oladipo. And I, I, those two guys are, I mean, Griffin, obviously, I, I, at some point, I don't know if this has changed, but I, I heard a stat where Griffin didn't even have a dunk this year yet. I don't know if that's changed, or that's true or not. But Now, Griffin would be an upgrade to what we got. I mean, if you could f- swap James Johnson for Blake Griffin, I think you'd get a better player. But, I just don't think he's available for the Mavericks. I, I do think he I wouldn't be surprised if Griffin or Derrick Rose got traded. Um, Detroit's a really bad team. But I I figured a guy like Derrick Rose is going to be on like the Clippers or something. A team that actually has a chance to win a title. And as far as trading for Blake Griffin, you don't want to trade for a guy like Blake Griffin. You don't want to give up too many assets for a guy like Blake Griffin because... He is in the last year of his contract, and he is often hurt. So, I think if you wanted Blake Griffin, you wait that out, and you just sign him straight up. But after that, I just I don't know what to say about this team. You know, I I watched the game last night. I honestly I didn't even finish the game on Friday. I was so upset. I turned it off by the third quarter. But last night I watched it till the end, and. They had a real chance, and they just didn't get it done at the end. Nobody can hit a shot. They don't have good shooters. During Finney-Smith, his shot is coming back. Richardson, he, starting the season, didn't have that great of a shot to begin with. Um, Brunson has been shooting the ball well now. He was one for three on threes last night. But... Uh, they, Maxi, they're just gonna have to. Maxi, I guess, is the most important player on this team at this point because without Maxi, they've just been not been able to do anything. So, I I don't know what else to say. It's it's very frustrating doing a podcast when your team is bad because you you just don't know what else to say. You can only you can only try and figure out what their problem is for so long before you just decide it's just a bad basketball team it is and i just don't know if there's coming back any coming back i i would like to see more minutes for josh green i I don't think that's gonna happen i don't understand why the coach just doesn't play guys i don't get it um i'm not 100 percent on the fire rick carlisle bandwagon i I do think that's kind of crazy. I don't know who you're going to have as a coach. I would have loved to have had Silas. But at the same time, sometimes I just don't understand the rotations that Carlisle throws out there. They make no sense. And I just don't know what's happening. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know if anything's going to change, but tomorrow night they do play Phoenix again uh, they should have a full squad um I, I don't know what the excuse is gonna be now that their squads gonna be full uh, my guess is if they come out and lose this Phoenix game it's gonna be Maxi hasn't had time to come back I, I guess that's the only excuse you got left because these other guys they they've played three games now I mean they this is they they've got they've had time. So, I, I just don't know what else to say about this team. I, I do think they need to make some moves. Um, I, I guess I would like to see some people brought in, but I just don't want to do it at the expense of certain players. I know some people throw Maxi in trade scenarios, and I just do not like that. Apparently, Maxie's our second best player. I don't want to trade him. Um, teams that are bad like a team like Orlando I could see that if if we did trade for Aaron Gordon I figured we'd have to take Fournier Now I think Fournier is a free agent this offseason so Fournier might get traded anyways regardless of Aaron Gordon but if we had to swap like Johnson and Hardaway to expiring contracts for Gordon and Fournier I'd be all over it and Orlando can kind of start over. We, we'll give them our 2025 pick. Um, Orlando can start over, not necessarily start over, but they'll have money to sign free agents this offseason. They'll have Isaac back next year. They'll have Fultz back next year. And they could use the money from the expiring contracts to sign somebody. That That's... I guess that's a scenario. I'd be like I said I'd be okay if Tim Hardaway Jr was traded, especially if we're getting Fournier back cuz Fournier can score. So Fournier can shoot. You know, he's not a great defender, but neither is Hardaway. So it's not, you know, it's not that big of a difference. He's just I think Fournier is more consistent. So anyhow, that's going to do it for this pod. I uh I tell you, I I keep thinking about it. It's like, well, at some point this year, I'm going to be so mad that I'm just going to retire from watching the Mavericks this year. And if if I do that, I'll come on and say that I'm going to retire from podcasting this year. But I haven't reached that point yet. I don't know if I will. Now, I didn't watch the Mavericks in the 90s because they were really bad. So I have not watched them before. So it's... You know, I, I didn't start watching him till you know, Dirk's rookie year because um, I, I, I saw him in the late 80s, and then I just did not watch in the 90s. I did see some of Jason Kidd, but that didn't last long. And I didn't come back till they drafted Dirk because I wanted to see who Dirk was. And Dirk's first year was slow, to say the least. It was a shortened season. I think they only played 50 games. But in Dirk's second year, you could see improvement. And the second half of his second year, you really saw something. I think in the second half of Dirk's second year, they ran off a bunch of games. And they ended up finishing that year 500. And I believe it was Dirk's third year that they made the playoffs and beat Utah in the first round. So, Anyhow, not to get on the old Dirk train, but... uh, I know what it's like to watch some players, or watch a bad basketball team. So I'm just remembering what it was like, and it just—it's not fun. So anyhow, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Mavs Outsider. But uh, until then, I'll probably do a podcast on Tuesday after this Mavs game against Phoenix, and uh, hopefully it's a win. I don't know. Maybe maxi will. Maybe Maxi is the key. I don't know. But uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Later.